Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadash. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have a great guest. He is an entrepreneur and a business owner with expertise in marketing and business growth. He has over 20 years of entrepreneurial experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. And this passion has served him well in operating and managing a wholesale distribution company that he co-owned for nine years. And that company grew an average of 60% before it was acquired by another company in 2005. And let's welcome Tim Fitzpatrick. How are you doing today, Tim? I am great, Victor. Thanks so much for having me. It's great having you on. So I'd like to get started, Tim, by asking you, please share your story. How you be? How'd you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur and a business owner? <laughs> sure. Uh, so my, my path has been winding like most. It's, uh, it's not a straight one. Uh, and I, I was not one of those kids that was super entrepreneurial, you know, I mean, I was always very driven, you know, I was good in school, I got good grades. But man, when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was a math major, I'd always been good at math. uh, But I still really didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out. And I figured math was applied in all kinds of different disciplines. So it was something good to know. So that's what I did. And when I graduated, I still had no idea what I wanted to do, but my dad had been an entrepreneur for a long time. He was a manufacturer's rep for a number of years. And just before I graduated, he had started a wholesale distribution company with another partner. And I knew he needed help uh, in the company at that point. And I said, look, why don't I work for the company for three months over the summer while I figure out what the heck I'm going to do with the rest of my life? And he said, sure. So I, that's what I did. I started working for him. I was the first full-time employee in the company at that point. And uh, Victor, after three months, I was, I was hooked, man. I, I didn't want to do anything else. I loved it. We were, we were selling uh, consumer electronics, home theater equipment primarily. Um, And we were selling two contractors and I, it was just, it was an on, it was on the job MBA. You know, I learned more in three months than I did in, in, in all of college. So at that point I said, look, I, you know, dad, I love this. I would, I would like to keep doing this if you'll have me. And he said, absolutely. So I, what ended up happening is I ended up managing the company day to day. My dad was still involved and we had some other partners that were, that were still involved from a strategic perspective. But day to day, I was the one going in there and making sure things were happening. And uh, it worked out really well. You know, as you mentioned, we, we grew about 60% a year on average for nine years before we sold. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And after that, I worked for the company. I had a contract for about three, three years. And then I, I stayed on with the company. But in 2009, I got laid off. So I got laid off from the company that bought us. And uh, we all know what was happening in 2008, 2009. I, you know, that was all I had known from my, in my professional career at that point. So I had to kind of reinvent myself and I had always been interested in real estate. So that's what I transitioned to. I got into residential real estate. I was a realtor for about three years. Um, I, man, I, Victor, I put myself outside my comfort zone every day doing that. I, I was knocking on doors, houses for people that were in foreclosure and I was doing short sale business. And I learned a lot 
but I did not like it. I, and I got to a point where I was like waking up every day going, Oh my God, I have to do this all over again. So to me, if you're in, if you own your business and that's what's happening, you are not in the right place. So you got to shift gears. So I shifted gears again. And that's when I got into marketing, which is what I'm doing, which is what I'm doing now. So that's the, the, the longer, longer story, I guess. No, that's awesome. And, and people always want to hear the long story because we want to see the journey. Like you said, it's not a straight line. It's up and down. Um, you know, you were very driven in school, but originally you were not very entrepreneurial. You studied math in college, but throughout college, you had no idea what to do. So you had a few months during the summertime after you graduated. You said to your dad, you know what, I'll help you for three months. And you just figure, what the heck, you help your dad. You had no idea what would happen afterwards. But after yeah. those three months, you just got really hooked on it. And, you know, you really love what you did. You learned so much from it. You said it was an on-the-job MBA. You learned a lot more from it than you did during college. And it was, it was consumer electronics and similar stuff. And, uh, you know, you eventually wanted to manage the day-to-day stuff for your dad. And, and you know, and as, as we shared, you know, the company worked for a lot of years, for nine years. Then you guys eventually sold as a part of someone else. You stayed honest doing contract work for about three years. And, yeah, a lot of us do remember 2008, 2009, because I was in the corporate world back then. So I remember that big market crash, lots of layoffs. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah a lot of the uh, Lehman Brothers going down. So it was a really difficult time. You got laid off and. And then you need to try something new. So you tried something new. You got out of your company. So you did real estate and you did a lot of things like knocking on doors and stuff like that, but you really hated what you did. And, and we, and you were dreading getting up in the morning. And that is a horrible feeling because I've been in your yes, shoes. It is. And, and when you dread getting up to do the kind of, you know, going to work, it is a really horrible feeling. So after about three years, you switched on, uh, you've gotten into marketing, which is what you've been doing, I guess, for the past 10 plus years. And from what I see, you absolutely love it. So so you might tell us, what is it about marketing that you really love that, that you know, you've been doing this for the past and that you, you look forward to doing it every morning when you wake up? Yeah, there's, uh, I would say it's not just one thing, um, but the things that immediately come to mind are, one, it's it's changing. It's, it's very dynamic. And that's one of the things that I loved about being in the distribution business was it was very dynamic. Um, so, th- you know, that keeps me interested. It keeps me on my toes. You know, it's like, you're, you're never done learning about marketing. It is a, it is a ongoing journey and there is no end destination, which, <laughs> which I, I enjoy. Um, the other thing that I love about marketing that I think is so critical is, you know, you can have the best product or service in the world, Victor, but if you do not have marketing, bringing in leads that are converting to customers, it doesn't matter. You're going to go out of business. So it is, it is such a critical skill to have yet. A lot of us don't have it. And frankly, a lot of us don't think of ourselves as marketers or salespeople, but if you own a business uh, make no mistake about it. I mean, you are a salesperson and you are a marketer. Otherwise you are not going to be in business for a long period of time. No, no, and that's absolutely true. You have to know how to market because, you know, you have the best business in the world. You have the best products, the best services, but no one knows about it. No one's going to buy for you. No one's going to go there. So, <laughs> I mean, you look at a company like McDonald's, let's just admit it. Most of their food is pretty mediocre. Um, their fries <laughs> are pretty good. 
but they had the best distribution system out there. Everyone in the world has heard of McDonald's. So if, if mm. someone really needs some fast food, you know, they, they're in the, they need something quick. And in and, and, and most big cities, there's, some, there's a McDonald's somewhere nearby, they're gonna go to McDonald's, they know. So, because everyone has heard of McDonald's. They, they, they're experts at getting the word out. So, you, so the other thing to keep in mind is, you don't necessarily have to have the best product in the world, but you have a great marketing and distribution system. You can be very successful. So that's right. I mean, it helps to have a good product, but uh, if you really know how to market yourself, you can do really well. So that, that, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and, and I agree. It's always dynamics, always changing. It's never boring. I mean, and I think with the way technology is, it's, it's, it's been changing so much more in the last 20 years and say like in the seventies or the eighties. So there's always new things going on with social media and, 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 and advertising budget where you know, like Facebook ads, Google ads, all these other kind of ads that they yeah. run big ads. And uh, yeah, and basically if you can't market, you can't succeed. And you're right. A lot of people don't like to think of themselves as marketers or salespeople, especially the, the word salesman. There's a very negative connotation, but the thing is, salespeople are the ones that get things done. They're the things that sell people sell. If you don't sell anything, you don't make any money. And here's the thing. We've been selling since we were kids. When you were a kid, you were selling your dad and your mom, buy me some ice cream, take me on this trip. Yeah, so we've been doing this. You know, you, you ask a woman to marry, you're trying to sell them the fact that it's a good idea for you to, to live together happily ever after. So, you, or you tell, you tell someone, let's go have dinner at this place or this place, or let's go see this more. You're selling them on going to that restaurant or going to nowhere. So we've been salespeople all our lives. We just never thought of it that way. So I think we, we need to change how we view sales and marketing, because there's a lot of good things that come out of it. Uh, would you agree? Absolutely. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. So, so you know, you've been you, you've served a lot of clients. So, what are some of the things that you do to help them market their products or their services or their sales so they can become successful? And, and realize what are the things that you get explained to them they need to do to make their businesses, you know, uh, you know, out there, you know, the way McDonald's is able to do for example, as we brought up before. Yeah. So I, what, what we find, Victor, is there are a lot of business owners just battling information overload when it comes to marketing. And, you know, you touched on it. There are so many different marketing channels and tactics now compared to what there used to be before, you know, online. Uh, they're just overwhelmed. And because of that, they're not sure what the next right steps are for their marketing based on where they are and where they want to go. And so what, what we do is we help them create, implement, and manage a marketing plan to communicate the right message to the right people so that they can build results that last. So what we do is we first and foremost, we lead and want to be known for the marketing fundamentals. So many people skip the fundamentals or just gloss over them. And then they wonder why their marketing's not working. You know, I, I did SEO where I was on Facebook and I had a blog and none of that stuff worked. Well, it's not that it didn't work. Oftentimes it's the, the tactics in marketing and the strategy, they're all important, but the sequencing is equally important. If you put the cart before the horse, no tactic is going to work well. And that's what's happening is people are, are getting tactical before they really have the fundamentals in place that are the foundation that they can build the rest of their house from. You know, so the way I think about 
the fundamentals oftentimes is think of the fundamentals as the gas and the various tactics are the cars that you're using. If you don't have fuel for those cars, they're, you know, you might be able to push it down the street, but at some point you're going to get tired and it's going to stop. Right. And it's not going to work. So we've got to have the right fuel in the car for the tactic to work. Any tactic can work, but you got to have the fundamentals in place. So what are the fundamentals? The way I look at the fundamentals is I call them the marketing strategy trilogy. One is your target market. Who are you going to serve? You know, and who are your ideal clients in that market? Not everybody in a given market is going to be an ideal client. You need to understand who those ideal clients are in that market for you. Once you understand that, then you can start to enter the conversation that they're having in their head as it relates to what you do. And you can lead into that second fundamental, which is your messaging, which is what you say. How do you communicate the value that you provide? How do you communicate the problems that you solve and the benefits that you help clients realize? You can't create clear, engaging messaging until you know who that person is first and foremost. Once you have that message, then you have to have a plan. There's too many people that don't have a plan of how they're going to get their message in front of the right people. And because of that, they, they're just like throwing spaghetti up against a wall, hoping something sticks. And inevitably, a lot of it doesn't stick. Even when it does stick, they're like, I don't, I don't even know why that worked. Uh, right? So you don't have the information that you need to be able to get consistent and repeatable results with your marketing. You have to have a plan. And so many people don't. So those are the three fundamentals, in my opinion, that lay the foundation that you can start to build the rest of your house from. That's that, that's definitely some really good stuff there, Tim. And now, like we were saying, there is there really is a lot of information over. I mean, the internet has been great for so many things, but the one of the downsides is because there's so many things you can choose from. And and like you said, if a lot of people have information over, they get paralyzed. They don't know what to choose. They get choose so many different systems, and as a result, since they don't know what to do, what to choose, they don't take any action. And as a result, it affects their business adversity. They don't they don't take any action on it. So. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you really need to, you know, have the right marketing plan and the marketing fundamentals. And I agree, without it, you won't succeed. I like the analogy of the gas in the car. You got to have the gas first. Without the gas, the car won't start. And a lot of people like to skip steps. It's also like yeah. a recipe. Uh, you have to do, you know, you're baking a cake. You got to follow all the steps. And people will skip the first three or four steps, go to step five or six. But the cake comes out really horrible because you yeah. can't skip any step. You got to start from the beginning. Do the first things first and then follow up, you know, the tactic, tactics and strategy come later on. Or it's like building a house. There's a blueprint for a house. You try to build on a blueprint and you just, you know, it's going to come out horribly. So I agree. You got to have everything planned out well. And I get you the fundamentals. I like what you said. Number one, the target market, your buyer, your you know, dream customer. A lot of people don't do that. They, they, they don't know who they want, who they are advertising to. If you are a steakhouse, you do not advertise to vegetarians. They're not going to come there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yes. I re- I, yeah. And I remember years ago over here in New York City where I live, we have an all sports uh, radio station. And, and I remember there was this pantyhose uh, company advertising ladies' pantyhose on the station. I think to myself, 
over 90% of people that listen to sports radio are men. They're not going to buy ladies' pantyhose. So these people obviously didn't understand that they should not be advertising on the station because it's a big waste of their money. So you got to know yep. who your target market is. And I agree because the thing is, a lot of people, like you said, they just throw it all over. They, they just market everywhere they figure they hope someone buys but a lot of times they don't buy because when you market to everyone you actually wind up marketing to no one would you agree on that absolutely yeah yes yes absolutely and you Mm -hmm. can't when you try as a small business owner when you try to target broadly you just can't do it because targeting broadly costs Tens of millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. It costs way more, <laughs> way more money than any small business owner has. You cannot target broadly like Amazon or Coke or take whatever Fortune mm-hmm. 500 company you want. You cannot do that. You have to focus your marketing efforts so that you get in front of the right people all the time. Super, super important. No, no, and that is that is a very good point. When you're a small business owner, your your the amount of money you could spend is very limited. So you got to make sure you have that targeted market, the people that are looking for what you have to offer. And so that's the best use of your money. Yeah, you're not like a Coca-Cola or Amazon that can afford to waste extra money marketing to the whole world. Most small business owners cannot afford to do that. So if you yep. do that, you're going to get yourself, you're going to find yourself out of business. So that's that's why it's, it's very important to know who are the kind of people that you can solve their problems with, which goes to, uh, you know, and then we we'll go on to the next thing, messaging, what you say, how you communicate your value and the problem you solve. You have to show the people, I can solve this problem. I can give you this value. I can help you out with this. For example, if you're, if you're you know, people buy a drill, they're not really buying the drill. They're buying the outcome, which is the whole so you got to say, this product can do this for you. And you got to show them that you can solve this problem and you can do it better than any of your uh, any of your competitors. And you got to have a plan. And too many people don't have the plans we were talking about before. A lot of people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. And as a result, they don't, uh, <laughs> they, their business don't go anywhere. So you always have to be planning. And that, that is extremely important. And you got to follow that plan. Of course, there are going to be times you have to make some adjustments and tweaks along the way. No plan is perfect. Everyone has to make it. Things also change. Like you do advertising. And I'm sure like if you don't Facebook ads, their algorithm is changing all the time. So your ad might be running well for two or three weeks. They make a change. You got to make a shift in some of the things you uh, are doing in the ad. So you you constantly have to monitor everything, look at your numbers, find out, okay, is this performing well? It's not performing well. What do we need to do? Maybe we need to cut the ad and, you know, do something else. So what is what are some of the things like you know you were a, a, a business owner for a whole bunch of years what are mm-hmm. some of the things people getting started as a business owner you know or an entrepreneur what are the things uh, the things to avoid the pitfalls the traps that, that a lot of people fall into because when you get started you know, a lot of times you don't know what you're doing so you're going to make mistakes so what are the things you recommend people do when they first get started and some of the things to avoid to do when they first get started yeah, gosh, this is this is a really good question. It's a very open-ended question as well, because there are so many different things. But I'll share some of the, the the things that are coming to top of mind immediately. One of the things you said was there is no perfect plan. And I couldn't agree more. There is never going to be a perfect plan, but you have to have some type of plan to start with because when we have plans in place, what we what we do is 
we outline what our priorities are. And when we know what our priorities are, that helps eliminate all this information overload and the noise that is out there so that you can focus on exactly what you need to do and take action. Because that's the thing. A lot of people that are just starting out waste time on stuff that doesn't freaking matter. They, they, you know, they're playing house rather than just starting to take action and start building the house. So start taking action with a plan and learn from that plan, what's working, what's not, and make those course corrections with marketing, man, we, we have frameworks, we have systems, we have tools that we know have worked in the past, but like you touched on, Victor, things are always changing. There are always nuances in, ver- in, in various markets where you have no guarantee that something that you did in the past is going to work exactly like it did before. It's, it doesn't work that way. Yes, some of those things will give you a much higher likelihood of seeing success, but you're always going to have to make little tweaks here and there to accommodate for your specific situation, right? You everybody's situation is unique. That's another thing that bugs me about marketing is a lot of marketers just give one size fits all advice. And that's not serving the vast majority of businesses because you are unique. There are little differences. So put that plan together, start taking action. The other thing I would say from a marketing standpoint, one of the big mistakes that I see people make is they are impatient. They, they think very short-term. How can I generate leads today? Look, marketing is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Yes, there are some things that you can do to see more immediate results, but a lot of marketing tactics take time. And if you are impatient, like most people, what ends up happening is they go, oh yeah, you know, I was on Facebook. It didn't work. Oh, really? Well, what, like, what were you doing? How long did you do it for? And they're like, oh, yeah, I was there for two months. It's not long enough. You know, they're not giving things a long enough period of time to see if they gain traction. They quit before they start to see results. You have to think long term. So there's a couple of things. I hope that helps. It definitely helps. And, and I like the fact you talk about, you know, you know, figure out your plans, you'll make adjustments, but you also figure out what your priorities are and you need to take action. The priorities, like you said, too many people focus on things that are very unimportant, things that will not bring them income. Sometimes people do a lot of things that they look busy, but they're not being productive. So it's not helping that's them right. grow their business and make more money. So I, I think that's an important point. You have to focus on being productive instead of busy. And I think too many people are too focused on being busy. Oh, I've I worked 10 hours today, but they really get anything majorly done. They didn't make anything, any do anything significant that really helped grow their business. So I'm glad you brought that out. It's an excellent point. And I like the fact you brought up the fact no one size fits all. I agree. There are some of these marketing gurus which, which have just one plan, they think works, and it's not the case. A lot of people have different needs, different uh, values, different. Uh, every a lot of small business will have different uh, needs and and what works for one person may not work for another you have to make some tweaks and adjust for each one so i'm glad you brought that up because unfortunately and i and i would just say if you come across someone who says uh, i have one says that that works for any business i would say start running because it's 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 going to be a disaster so i'm glad you brought that up and and, and you're going to say something yeah can i can i give you an example of what you were just talking about how one size fits all sure um because i think this will help kind of hammer the point home for people 
Um, I have a client right now that I'm working with who is a franchisee. So they own a single location of a larger franchise. And the, like a lot of franchises, the, the franchisor is, you know, getting money from the individual franchisees that they are investing in at least a portion of the marketing for the franchisees. Well, the, the reason this franchisee reached out to us was because they, it's not working for them. So you have a location that has same locations, other, other areas, same marketing, same offer. It is gen- the marketing that is being done in certain locations is generating a ton of leads in some locations, but not for my client. No. Exact same business, exact same marketing. Why is it working so well in one market and not another? That's why we can't apply one size fits all because it doesn't work that way. There is a nuance within this given market that the marketing that's working for some is not working for all and they need to make some tweaks. And that's the challenge they're running into in a franchise environment is, you know, the franchisor wants to keep consistency across the board in certain things, but the, uh, you know, they're the franchisee needs to have some information that they can use to go back to the franchise or to say, Hey, this isn't working for us. And here's why, and here's some of the changes that we need to make. So uh, one size fits all is done all the time. Just be wary of it, please. Yeah. And that's a great example. Like the, that franchisee, uh, they're doing it all across the country. It's working in some markets. They're getting great results, but in the market where your client was, it wasn't working. I'm sure in some of the other uh, the other parts, it just wasn't working. So some tweaks may need to be done because um, different markets are going to react differently to the marketing campaign. You know, people in the West Coast are going to react differently to people in the South regarding certain items. So you just don't know that everyone has to be treated differently. So you have to make these little tweaks and adjustments, and you got to be flexible. And, and I love what you brought up earlier about having that short-term perspective being a patient. A lot of people are. I, I think part of it's like, especially if you are an employee, you're used to getting paid every week or every other week. So you're used to getting a paycheck. <laughs> when you get started very often, you're not getting that paycheck. It may, it may take a month or two or three. So it can get frustrating. You can say it doesn't work. But a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to overwork you're going to be underpaid for the work that you do in the beginning. But what happens after a while is you'll get overpaid for doing less work as a result of all the effort you put in. It's, it's, it's a compound effect, which a lot of people don't understand the power of the compound effect. And they're very impatient when they don't see results. They, like you said, they'll try for two months, they quit, they say it doesn't work. But a lot, but other people who tried it for six months or a year, they didn't give up. They started getting the results. So that's very important. Uh, I, I remember reading the story of R.U. Darby in the book, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He and his uncle, they struck some gold and they went back to the family to get some more money to buy some more mining equipment. And they kept thinking for more and more gold. It's the gold eventually stopped. And after a while, they got frustrated. They sold it to some uh, uh, junk man and they went back home. The junk man hired an engineer, he did some research and he said, these guys had given up just three feet from the goal because they didn't realize what the yeah. fault lines were. And then this guy went three feet, sure enough, the goal was it. This guy made millions of dollars. The Darbys were very upset because of their impatience. 
But Ari Darby learned a lesson from that guy. He says, I'm not going to quit anymore. He became one of the most successful life insurance salesmen in the country. He didn't let the first no stop him from being persistent with a lot of potential clients. And he sold a lot of life insurance contracts because he didn't quit like he did before. He didn't take a short-term perspective like he did before. He learned from his mistakes. And because he took a long-term perspective, he became very successful. So that is the danger of having a short-term perspective. A lot of times, People don't realize they're quitting right when they're about to reach success. They're quitting three feet from the goal. So it's, I'm glad you brought that point because it's very important. And, you know, you, it's, it is a marathon and not a sprint. People just have to remember that. This is a, you think of farming. Um, you know, I think when we were farming uh, society 100 years ago, we understood you had a plant cultivate then harvest six months later i think a lot of times people want to plant and harvest and forget you have to cultivate <laughs> great great things take time so and i think yeah. we're in an information age where we want all the results yesterday but we got to be patient and their yeah, patience will serve you well so uh, one of the other questions i want to ask about leads and conversions so what are some of the things you do to help your clients get more leads and also increase the conversion rate? Because number one, leads are important and the right leads, but at the same time, you also have to know how to convert those leads because if you don't know how to convert them, then you're wasting your money. Yeah. So it, Victor, this goes back to the fundamentals again. Mm -hmm. You cannot generate leads and convert them if you don't first know who you're trying to reach and what the heck you're going to say to them. Right. You're marketing. You have to Dan Kennedy, uh, who, for those that don't know, is extremely well-known marketer, super smart guy. Um, he talks about message to market match. If you want to generate leads and convert them, you, your message has to match the market that you are intending to attract. So a, a lot of people target you broadly and they're trying to generate leads. They're trying to catch fish in the middle of the ocean, which you might do, but isn't it a whole lot more effective if I know that I wanna catch trout and I can go right down to the local trout farm and just stick my line right in the water? We need to fish where the fish are. That's how we generate more leads and convert more of those leads. When we know exactly who we intend to work with and we know exactly what we need to say to grab their attention and their interest, that is how we generate more leads and convert more of them. So if you want to generate more leads, first understand who you intend to work with. Then the next thing that you need to do is create a list. One of my mentors said success starts with a list. Doing this for a client right now. She, um, she, her ideal clients are veterinarians. So what are we doing? We're creating a list of where the heck veterinarians are. Where are they? Like, do I want to go into some, some generic, uh, you know, small business group on Facebook? There might be veterinarians in there, but wouldn't I be a whole lot better off getting my message in front of, you know, the Denver Metro veterinarians group on Facebook? Heck yeah, right? Because I know almost everybody in there is a veterinarian. So what we're doing is we're creating a list of where veterinarians are online and offline. Offline is just as important. So what are we looking at? We're looking at things like what websites do they frequent? Are there podcasts that they listen to? Are there YouTube channels that they follow? Social media groups they're involved in? What influencers are there in the veterinary space? 
What about um, associations that they belong to, trade shows that they go to, uh, suppliers, you know, or people other, what other people are serving the veterinary space? Those can be great people for me to connect with. They may be able to become good referral partners or strategic partners. So we're going through the work of creating that list for her so that now we're a whole lot more targeted because when we have that list, now we know where we can go to get our message in front of the right people, the exact people that she intends to work with. That's how this whole thing works. Oh, that is some awesome stuff. Message to market match. Yeah, you can fish in the middle of the ocean. You might catch a few here and there, but you got to figure out if you want to catch trout, you go with the trout. It's like a trout farm. You got to know what you're looking to catch and be specific about it. So that's a really good point. And and you got to send. You got to figure out who you intend to work and create that list. And I and I think that's very important. And I like what you you gave the example of the veterinarians, for example. And I agree. I think a lot of people, especially in this day and age with social media, they just focus solely online which is good but you're losing a ton of business if you don't look offline as well like you said there's a lot their websites their pockets their youtube does influences associations suppliers traces there's all the yellow book the yellow page which we used to use you could go online you can find these groups whether it's veterinarians dentists chiropractors you could find a lot of these people and reach out to them and you know, 20 years ago, we still had those yellow page books. We use them and you can still use it. So it, you're really doing yourself a disservice if you focus solely online. Online is important, but so is offline. So I'm glad you brought that up because um, and, and you do this with the, you do this with your clients. You tell them these are the groups we have to target, this is where we could find them, and then we could market our message to them. So that's very important. So I hope the audience is listening. This is a very important point. If you're you have a small business, you're trying to market. You got to read. This got to be very specific who you're looking for and where to look for them. You can't look all over the world because you don't have that budget to spend and you're going to waste a lot of needless money. This is going to save you a lot of money. You get a lot more bang for your buck. You get better leads and you'll be able to increase your conversion rate. So great stuff here. I want to also go back to because you were talking about the impatience and the short term thinking people have. And, and so many, one of the things that stops a lot of people when they get started on their entrepreneurial and small business journey is. They, they have uh, mindset issues. Uh, and and I, uh, how important do you think like mindset and personal development is, you know, to having that thinking to, because a lot of times people also know what to do, but for some reason they don't take action. They have these mental blocks that stop them. How important has mindset been on your journey? Oh, it's, it's critical. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like I said, Victor, this is a, uh, entrepreneurship is not a straight path. It's a winding road. You're going to hit speed bumps you're going to have to shift and, and make adjustments. And if you, if you can't keep the right mindset, you're going to lose motiva- motivation and you're not going to be able to make progress and take action. So you definitely, I, one, of the, one of the mindsets that has really helped me <clears throat> on my journey has been being very open to change change is going to happen. We all know that significantly in the last several years because of the pandemic. Um, Man, you got to be open to change because it's going to happen. If you fight it, you are going to be like, you know, a river raft trying to paddle up upstream. It's just not going to work. So embrace change, look for opportunities as things change, and your life will be a whole lot easier. 
No, I totally agree with you. Um, and as you mentioned before, it's a winding road, this journey. You got to shift and make adjustments along the way. And, and you know, you got to be careful. Otherwise, you can lose motivation. And if you, if you lose motivation, you're much less likely to take action. And I love what you said about being open to change because things are going to change. The people that don't change, they're the ones that get stuck in their ways. And as a result, they don't grow. They start losing business. And very often, those are the people that do go out of business. You got to be open to change. Realize, like you mentioned, the pandemic, that just changed so much for people when they hit a couple of years ago, because the way of doing certain things changed. Like a lot of people that held a lot of open events, people travel to events, that had to stop for a while. So what did they do? They had to, a lot of people had to shift and do virtual events online. So yeah. if, they, if those that didn't want to shift, they lost a lot of business. So yeah, be open to change. Realize things can happen in, in, in an instant. You got to be adjustable and flexible on it. And, and I like, and, and goes along what we just said, look for opportunities when things change. So those people that couldn't do uh, uh, live events, they switched to virtual events. So they were still able to keep their businesses going. So, you know, some, some really great stuff there. Now, as we're getting close to the end of our interview, what other final tips would you like to share for those, um, you know, for those entrepreneurs and, you know, business owners? To, to be successful in their business. You share some things before. So do you have any other things you'd like to add as well? Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll leave your audience with one uh, final thought um, that has served me well. And I can't remember where I heard it. I think it was from a mentor, but um, it, it's this thought around focusing on the next measurable step. Being a business owner can be overwhelming at times. I, I, don't, I don't think you can't, get into this and not be overwhelmed at some point in time. And when we are overwhelmed, we need to be able to break down all these things that are in our head, all these things that we want to do into simple, smaller steps. And so breaking down, Hey, I've got this, this one year goal or this three year goal. What's the next measurable step I need to take right now. That's going to help me get one step closer. And measurable is important, right? Because then we're, we're going to know when we've hit that point. And then we can focus on the next measurable step on after that. And then the next measurable step after that. And guess what? After you start taking each of these little steps, you're, you're getting closer, you're making progress. It makes you feel good because you can see that you're actually making progress and it's not overwhelming because steps are small. So that has always served me well. And uh, hopefully it serves your audience well too. I think that was an excellent point there. And I think people should definitely pay attention to that because so many people, when they see like this big goal they have to do and they, they can feel overwhelmed, like you said, and they say, I can't do it. But if you break it down to smaller steps, simple steps, e easily achievable steps, if you chunk it down one step at a time, you take care of that first step, you see some progress, you measure it, then you go to the next step, the next step, and then you've done four or five, 10 steps. And you're like, wow, I'm, 50% of the way there, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. But if you focus solely on the big goal, that could be so overwhelming. And, and if, you have, if you're not there, you're going to say, man, I'm going to give up. So I think that's an excellent point. It reminds me of the question, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Don't yeah. focus on eating the <laughs> yes. entire elephant. One bite at a time. Same yeah. thing with you. One step at a time, measurable steps, take care of it, achieve it, go on to the next measurable step, take care of that, and then you go on. And you're going to feel essentials of confidence. And it's really good for your subconscious mind because you take care of those four or five yeah. steps. Your subconscious mind says, wow, 
this is really good. We're getting things done and it's going to push you to keep doing that. So I thought that was an excellent point to end this interview with. So Tim Fitzgerald, I want to thank you so much for being on this show. It was a pleasure having you on. I loved all the great value and wisdom you shared. And I know our audience also appreciate all the great stuff that you share. So I just say thank you for being on. And before I let you go, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Best thing is going to our website, which is rialtomarketing.com. So that's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. If your audience wants our 90-day marketing plan toolkit, which is a toolkit we use for our business, our clients, they can go to growthmarketingplan.com. So growthmarketingplan.com. All the downloads, resources, and tools they need to create their marketing plan right now to start seeing results are there. So those are the two best places. Okay, great. So it's realtomarketing.com and growthplanmarketing.com. So guys- Growthmarketingplan.com. Growthmarketingplan.com. Thank you. So guys, check out those two websites. You can get a lot of value out of there. Sam, thanks again for being on our show and have yourself an amazing day. Thanks, Victor. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.